one of the things when you listened to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, and one of the things they were really praising Matt Eberflus for is really keeping the team together during hard times. And I'm sitting here at home yelling at the computer screen, the hard times that Matt Eberflus is responsible for. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that is what this organization has always done. They've accepted mediocrity. They seem content there. How many different, you know, alumni have come out? I'm trying to think who was it. Martellus Bennett came out during the season when um, the Bears were uh, probably on that 14-game losing streak, I'm assuming. And how he pointed, to, he pointed to the fact that the Bears are just content to really capitalize on nostalgia in the 1985 Bears. We're in 2024 now. They have not won a championship in over 30 years, almost 40 years. And you need to show a sense of urgency, do something about it. This was an opportunity for them to do that. Welcome to the show. Ryan O'Leary here, joined as I am each week during the season by Alyssa Barbieri. It's the Bears Wire podcast. Alyssa is the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire. And it's been a busy week on the site, Alyssa. <laughs> you hold it up as you've been waiting all this news to break and it finally did and I know you're uh you're probably a little bit conflicted on some of the news that's come out of Hallis Hall here I don't know has it been a busy week I mean it's just been business as usual it's felt like no it has been crazy I mean outside of those 48 hours of just radio silence from Hallis Hall and I'm like oh this could be really good or this could be really really bad and history has indicated that normally if the Bears don't make a head coaching change the day after the season, it's not happening. And unfortunately, uh, that's exactly what happened. Matt Eberflus is still going to be the Bears head coach in 2024. The good news is, though, Luke Getze is gone. So whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or another rookie quarterback in place, Luke Getze will not get his hands on him or Justin Fields will be free. But, I mean, just... Not what I wanted to see from this organization at all. I really felt like I've been a big Ryan Pohl supporter uh, and I'm trying to trust him. I try to trust him throughout, you know, his journey so far, two years and what he's doing and how he's building this team. And I just feel like the decision to not get rid of Matt Eberflus, I just feel like he just took two steps backwards and I feel like there was a real opportunity for polls for Kevin Warren to make a statement to the Bears fans about how we're not going to tolerate what happened, how we're going to do something about it. We're going to do what it takes to get a coach in here who can lead this team to be winners, to win a championship. Well, let's start with winning the division title first. But I mean, it's just when you have and like we were talking about this. Ryan, before we hopped on here and like the way when you said it this way, it just made me sick to my stomach when you were like, you look at all of the coaches that were let go, starting with Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, uh, Vrabel. Like, I mean, <laughs> how is Matt Eberflus still employed by the Chicago Bears when you have those three great coaches who would be upgrades times a million over Eberflus? It, it makes no sense to me. I mean, listening to that press conference, I it felt like the same old, same old Bears organization. I just think that the organization is a joke until proven otherwise. Like, maybe we'll come back here on the pod because we'll still be kicking. We'll still be going. Uh, and maybe at this point next year, we're talking about maybe they're in the playoffs and we're talking about the Bears' chances to win a Super Bowl. I don't think so. 
but maybe we are. And then I will sit here and I will apologize to, to Ryan Poles. I'll apologize to Matt Eberflus. But, it, but when you look at everything that's happened this season, because one of the things when you listened to Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren, and one of the things they were really praising Matt Eberflus for is really keeping the team together during hard times. And I'm sitting here at home yelling at the computer screen, the hard times that Matt Eberflus is responsible for. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that is what this organization has always done. They've accepted mediocrity. They seem content there. How many different, you know, alumni have come out? I'm trying to think who was it. Martellus Bennett came out during the season when um, the Bears were uh, probably on that 14-game losing streak, I'm assuming. And how he pointed, to, he pointed to the fact that the Bears are just content to really capitalize on nostalgia in the 1985 Bears. We're in 2024 now. They have not won a championship in over 30 years, almost 40 years. And you need to show a sense of urgency, do something about it. This was an opportunity for them to do that. And they did absolutely nothing, but at least they got rid of Luke Getzey. Cause otherwise, whoo, good luck getting up there and, and, and talking to those reporters. Yeah. I, I think DJ Moore with the assist. Good job, DJ. Yeah. Uh, Thank so, you, DJ. Love you. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the optics for bears fans, Alyssa, right? Bill Belichick fired uh, today, this morning, as we're speaking on a Thursday here, uh, still wants to coach. He's a favorite to head to Atlanta. Uh, Mike Vrabel cut loose. Pete Carroll. You didn't even mention uh, Jim Harbaugh, who uh, could be looking to head back to the NFL after winning the Natty, right? There's uh, and, and Ryan Poles was asked specifically about Harbaugh. He's a, a, a name that a lot of Bears fans are, would be excited about. Obviously, just the, the prospect of him coming and interviewing. Uh, but Ryan Poles flat out said, nope, we didn't even talk to him. So they stick with uh, they stick with Eberflus. He's the guy. Poles could not have uh, threw his weight behind Eberflus anymore, right? And here's my question: Like, who fired Getzey? Who fired all the other offensive coaches that they let go as well, right? They fired the quarterbacks coach, the wide receivers coach, the running backs coach, the one of the tight ends coaches. They they fired a bunch of guys on offense. Was that Eberflus, Alyssa? Does he still have full autonomy over the offensive staff? He hired all these guys a couple of years ago. Right. Or is it polls in the front office taking over more of that offensive staff and kind of letting Eberflus to steal a word from polls, steer the ship on defense, right? Like maybe he has more say in the defensive coordinator that they're going to hire the defensive coaching staff. We know the defense made a great turnaround. I know it wasn't against the greatest competition. You know, a lot of it was against like a, you know, a division rival and the lions you played well against, you played well against some teams with bad quarterbacks, right? So we don't want to get too carried away, but the defense made a great turnaround. I don't want to steal like too much credit from the Bears. Is it Eberflus? You steer the ship on defense, but we're going to make some some of these decisions for you, or at least work in a collaborative effort to hire some of these offensive coaches. I I have a hard time believing Alyssa they're going to let Eberflus hire the next OC. That's just where my gut is. But what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. I think this was uh, an ultimatum where Ryan Poles is like, okay, Matt, you got to get rid of Luke Getzey. If you don't want to, you're both gone. Uh, so obviously Eberflus is like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll get rid of him. And I, it did sound like too, when you listened to Ryan Poles yesterday, and obviously Eberflus was asked about like, what are you looking for in an offensive coordinator? But, you know, Poles also, you know, was speaking to that and it sounded like he's going to be very involved in the search for a new offensive coordinator as he should be. I don't think that they trust him very much. Like one of the things though, when that announcement came out that they were retaining Matt Eberflus, the one thing I was thinking to myself because, you know, going back to, you know, two off seasons ago 
when Ryan Poles was hired, and we've talked about this on the show, when Ryan Poles was hired and then Matt Eberflus was hired two days later. And I've even said it several times where it's like, you know, well, Poles wasn't involved in the actual coaching search. So he didn't really, he, I mean, he, he had to pick between the three of them. You know, it was Eberflus, Jim Caldwell, and Dan Quinn. So he had, you know, he had his pick, but he didn't really pick his coach. And I think now that he decided to stick with Eberflus, this is Ryan Poles choosing Matt Eberflus to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. This is Ryan Poles tying his cart to wagon, to uh, Matt Eberflus's wagon. Like, I mean, now, if this goes to hell next season, like it very well could, depending on how everything uh, settles or like how everything kind of just, you know, goes. I think we could be looking at, again, another offseason where it's both the GM and the head coach are fired. But I think this, so so knowing that, I think Ryan Poles probably understands that too, because he he said that it was his call ultimately to keep Matt Eberflus. And he said he went to Kevin Warren and George McCaskey and surprise, they agreed with them. But I, I do think it was, you know, Ryan Poles really putting his faith and confidence in Eberflus and tying himself to Matt Eberflus. So if things go wrong again next year, then I think they're both out. So I think that Ryan Poles is going to do everything in his power to make sure, obviously, that they get the right quarterback in, whether it's just sticking with Justin Fields or drafting Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jane Daniels. Uh, and then obviously the offensive coordinator is going to be the most outside of quarterback is going to be the most important decision that they have to make. So yes, I think that Ryan Poles is going to be quite involved in this search. I think he uh, was responsible for getting rid of Luke Getze. Um Yeah, I think it, it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes because there is a lot riding on this now, including Ryan Poles' job, it feels like. Yeah, I, I think that's an interesting way to put it. Him tethering himself to Eberflus and maybe uh, injecting his own his own opinions into more of some of these big decisions and these hirings. We know he's going to be front and center here with the quarterback decision. Uh, he rides the fence um, and continues to Alyssa when it comes to this, right? Saying that they have not made a decision on fields yet, that they still have to evaluate everything. They're in uh, information gathering mode right now is how he said it, which is just a lie, right? I mean, they know what they're going to do. They've already been working on the college quarterbacks to, to insinuate to us that they're, they haven't started the process yet and they're going to gather information until April is just ridiculous. Isn't it, Alyssa? Like we know they, they know what they're well, going to do. You don't, you don't believe that? Go ahead. No, no. There was something I found really interesting yesterday. And like, I agree with you. I think my gut is telling me that they move on from Justin Fields. Again, that's not what I want to happen, but that's what my gut tells me in listening to them yesterday. But there was one point when, you know, he was being asked about, you know, like what's the most important thing you're looking for in a quarterback. And Ryan Poles was talking about the character, right. And the person. And obviously we know Justin Fields has that in spades. Absolutely. And I think that was a direct kind of just hint, hint, wink, wink to Caleb Williams that if he aces these interviews at the scouting combine and whatnot, that this job is his. It, it kind of felt like that to me. It's kind of like, I feel like they're going to give Justin Fields a chance, but that's also kind of like, okay, Caleb, you got it. You ace this. We're going to draft you number one overall. It kind of felt like that to me a little bit, but then there's, I mean, I can't read Ryan Poles. We, how many times have we talked about this, Ryan, right? When we go in thinking one thing, and this could be, who knows, but I, I don't think so, but this could be like just a complete thing to to really drive up the price of that number one pick because everyone thinks that, oh, they're going to trade fields anyways, and what if they're um, 
Uh, what if they end up sticking with that pick and then, oh, wait, now I have the opportunity to jump uh, the Washington commanders here for a quarterback. Like, I mean, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I did find it interesting listening to Ryan Poles. And obviously he talked about the talent, but you know, there are two factors, obviously the tape uh, and what he shows, but also the person and Ryan, we've had these discussions before um, when the season was still going on about Caleb Williams and how that was one of our concerns. Right. So if he goes out there and really aces it, aces those interviews, I think that he's a shoe in to be the quarterback uh, in 2024 for Chicago. Yeah, that's a, that's a good take on it. I like that a lot. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, I've been thinking about Fields a lot, right? And just thinking about his comments after the game, you can kind of read between the lines. He sounds like a player who's preparing himself, at least Alyssa, to say goodbye to Chicago, right? His, his comments after the game against Green Bay saying, you know, I gave it my all. I have no regrets uh, to the city of Chicago. I'm, I'm quoting him. Love y'all. Appreciate the fans and the support from the Bears in case this is my last rodeo with y'all. Just appreciate y'all for everything. So he's he's preparing himself to say goodbye. Yeah, and I was, I've been thinking about Fields and like he is such a – and I understand now why even if it was a little bit later in the process, I think as this season went on towards the end when we it started to get real that they were going to move on from Fields and that that number one pick wasn't going anywhere. It was going to be the Bears again. They were going to get – the potential, you know, generational talent in Caleb Williams as he's been touted to be or or whoever they want. Uh, but the fans have really thrown their weight behind fields, I think, in spades, right, Alyssa? You kind of feel that support for him, not only in the locker room, but from the fan base. And I, and I, I think it just makes so much sense because fields, he really is that dude, right? He has really given it his all. He wants to be in Chicago. He wants to win. He's Every time he goes on the field, I feel like he, he balls. He tries his hardest. It doesn't always go the way we or he wants it, you know what I mean? And I think that Green Bay game was another one. Uh, but it's not all on him. You know, you can look at the offensive line. You can look at the play calling. We can we can talk about it forever, right? I mean, why things don't go the way. But the bottom line is the dude puts it all. He puts everything he's got into it. He'll play through injuries. He wants to win here. He, he is a Chicago Bear. And I think that's why we're feeling the way we are about Fields as it's coming towards this ending, right? Like, it's just... He's such an easy guy to root for, uh, and, and it's it's just so easy to be like, I want Fields to be QB1 going forward. I do. I'm with you. I do, too, uh, because he's just – I love rooting for that guy. I love supporting him. Uh, I think he's a great leader and a great player, uh, but when you read between the lines, you hear his comments. You hear Paul saying, look, we're, we're gathering information. Uh, he said he expects to take this decision all the way to April, so kind of hinting, don't expect another blockbuster deal – in March, like last year before the draft, expect this to take a little bit longer. Uh, why would you take this all the way? Because you want to, like you said, Alyssa, I think you nailed it. You want to build up the market, right? You want to build up the market and, you know, because you're probably going to trade fields, right? I think if fields is your franchise quarterback, you kind of know it right now, don't you? You know it. You know it. Uh, you don't have to gather information. You don't have to interview Caleb Williams first. You know it. Uh, and I just think there is some, there is some, real hesitancy there. I don't think it's all smoke and mirrors. I don't think it's all pol- you know, politics and trying to dr- uh, drop a market for a fields trade or you know, trading the number one pick. I think it, some of that is definitely embedded in everything we're going to be getting at a Hallis Hall here going forward. But I think there is some real uncertainty there, and that's what makes my gut tell me this is it for them with fields. They're going to move on from them. And, and that's just where I'm at. But the take here is that I get why people are rooting for Fields to be the quarterback in Chicago next year. Fans are because he's just that dude, right? He's just so easy to pull for and support. So, you know, 
That's all I had to say on that. Yeah, did you see that this week, I believe it was Monday, uh, when everyone was going to Hallis Hall to clean out their lockers, fans made signs supporting Justin Fields yeah. and Jalen Johnson and lined them like in the on the road leading up to Hallis Hall, which I mean, like that is above and beyond right there. But you know, whether it was at the game when they were chanting his name, you have, you know, the fan support, you have the player support. DJ, uh, DJ Moore is the president of the Justin Fields fan club. Let's get that clear. Yes, he is. Um, just so you, he- you hear that, you hear that support. I mean, when someone's your teammate and like we talked about this again before, like even with Mitch, when Mitch Trubisky was on the bears, you know, like his teammates were supporting him, but this has been very vocal, whether it's DJ Moore, even defensive players going to bat for Justin, and just really saying that DJ Moore took, you know, time in his exit interview uh, on Monday with the Bears to obviously talk about the offenses and efficiencies, uh, which I think helped get Luke Getzey fired, um, as well as to talk up Justin Fields and I'm you know, and, to, and to tell him that he wants to play with Justin in 2024. He did. I think he did a podcast, too, with the St. Brown brothers, and including Equinanius, who uh, is going to be a free agent after. Uh, well, now in free, he's going to be a free agent in March now. Um where he was, ta- he, he was saying that he thinks or he believes, he hopes that the Bears are going to trade the number one pick. Like now, I mean, he again, he's just like leading the show. He wants Fields back. I think that that's, a, that's, that's something that should factor into it. But like you said, you know, this feels a lot different from this time last year when Ryan Poles got up there and he didn't necessarily commit to Justin Fields because – they had the number one pick, and it was about kind of, you know, playing the field, the politics of it all, really driving the price up for that number one pick, making people, you know, second guess what they're going to do. But this year it feels different, right? And I think obviously having a potential generational prospect like Caleb Williams waiting for you there at number one, you know, when – so I do think that Ryan Poles – I do think that – I don't think he's made his decision 100% yet, but I do think he's leaning – towards taking Caleb Williams. And, and again, like I mentioned before, listening to him really talking about the person side of it being important for the next quarterback or whoever's going to be quarterback. I think that was a really big indicator that he's leaning Caleb Williams. If you let Matt, if you're trying to like, you know, convince yourselves, give reasons for Matt Eberflus to stick around. Why hasn't Justin Fields earned the same thing, especially because again, and this is what it comes down to, and this is the one thing I said, Ryan, that I do not want to happen. I would have been okay with cleaning house and drafting Caleb Williams, hundred percent. But now, when you're bringing Matt Eberflus back, and then if you're going to draft a rookie, this same cycle continues again and again and again, and it's like they've learned absolutely nothing. And then maybe Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus are both gone next year, right? If this thing just fails miserably in 2024, and then. Caleb Williams has to learn a second offense and has, you know, a new head coach coming in. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's the same old, same old, but I mean, when you look at Justin Fields, just like you said, the support, I mean, that's something that's really stood out to me. And I think obviously his performance too in the latter part of the season. And like you said, it's not all on him. I'm not giving fields a pass. I want to make that clear because there are things that he still struggles with. He needs to do better. He needs to improve, but he has shown substantial growth over the last part of the season when essentially his only weapons were DJ Moore and Cole commit. Like, I mean, and an offensive line that did much better in pass protection. He wasn't taking as many sacks, right. Wasn't turning the ball over in in terms of interceptions and all that. So he's shown that growth. And then when you have the players coming out and openly just defending him and they will not stop defending him, I think that speaks volumes. I think that's something that Ryan Poles 
will have to consider if he said the most important thing is the person. And if you have all, if you have all of these guys in the locker room supporting fields to this extent, that's something I think that really should factor into the decision. And I think it should too. I, I agree with you. Like DJ Moore, you know, his voice is being heard because you just yeah. alluded to it, right? He literally said um, after the Packers game, we've got the players to do it. I'm quoting DJ. We've got our quarterback. Again, he's always going to throw that thing in there. Uh, <laughs> we just need to call the plays that put us in position to have explosives down the field. And that that's the word explosives, Alyssa. Matt Eberflus used the exact same word in his answer when asked in the end-of-season presser uh, what he's looking for in the next OC. <laughs> he used the word, we need to get more explosives. The same exact word that DJ Moore used. He, so, right, he wrote that down in like all caps. <laughs> he's like, he's like uh, uh, okay, DJ, I heard, yep, I heard, I heard what you said. Yep, sorry, explosives. DJ. Explosives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We got to get more explosive. Got it. Uh, no more screens. Got it. Uh, so yeah, so I think what DJ Moore says, what the players are saying, definitely carries significant weight, and, and we should not discount that. I will say this, though. I, I can't help but read between the lines here a little bit. The fans were picketing Alyssa, as you said, for Fields and Jalen. When asked about Fields and that whole situation, and I know that one's a lot more, that one has a lot more layers to it. Let's put it that way. But he said that we're in the, quote, we're in information gathering mode right now when asked about Fields. When asked about Jalen, he said, quote, Jalen is not going to go anywhere. <laughs> so the very two very different uh, responses to those questions, right? Uh, but that just is what it is. I, I, I'm rooting for Fields to be here. I would applaud the Bears if they stick with them. I think that would be awesome. I just my gut tells me that they're probably going to move on because uh, of the uncertainty right now. I, I just think we'd feel more more certain uh, if if we felt that from polls, but we didn't get it. Where could Fields go? I still think uh, Atlanta. Right. Oh, I've said this before. If you're the Falcons. You can offer Chicago a trade, Alyssa, with the they picked number 43 overall, early second round. So they could offer the Bears a chance to get back into the second round this year, which I think would be valuable to the Bears. And I don't think that should be the only pick, by the way. I think it would be number 43 would be the centerpiece of a deal for Fields. And then you pair Fields in a backfield with Bijan Robinson. You still have Kyle Pitts at tight end. You have Drake London, who's an excellent wide receiver. Uh and you, Bill Belichick is your front runner for head coach. So you know their defense will continue to be dominant. And you get the right offensive coordinator in there. Holy crap. I think if Fields is in Atlanta, A, that would be badass. I think he'd look badass in that uniform. And I think they're the immediate favorites in 2024 to win the NFC South. With that coach and and that quarterback and that team and those weapons, look out. So I think for both sides, that trade would make a ton of sense if Fields isn't with the Bears. I'm rooting for the Falcons. I, th- I love that idea. Uh, and you said there's like a connection, or Bijan Robinson actually is a fan of Fields, right? So that would even add another layer to it. Yeah, I think that would, Atlanta would be a great landing spot for Fields. Obviously, he's from Georgia, so, I mean, he's going home. I think that would be a great situation for him. Like you said, uh, I remember during the uh, scouting combine interviews uh, last year, B. John Robinson was asked about uh, the potential to play with Justin Fields and, you know, to be in the same backfield. Uh, and he just said it would, they would be like unstoppable. And uh, now it's kind of like coming together. Oh my, I, but again, like if you like, let's just say that, you know, Bill Belichick does go to Atlanta and obviously you're going to bring in a, a well-established offensive coordinator Talk about going from just like one really bad 
badly run organization to a better one. Oh, guess. Oh, I have something else too, Ryan. Guess <laughs> to who me. is in Atlanta? Ryan Pace, who drafted Justin Fields oh in twenty twenty one. Is he on there? So, is he in their front office right now? He is. Oh my god. It just makes so much sense. It, that's even which, I. I now which means it probably happened. won't happen because <laughs> no, the Bears I'm, do everything, but things that make sense. I'm convinced that this is going to happen now. I forgot Ryan Pace was there. He's the guy who literally yeah. traded for Fields. Yep. Let me ask you this: um, a lot of fans. I mean, we're all trying to you know connect the dots and you know give our takes on it. And most most Bears fans are rooting for Fields to be back. As am I. As are you. Mm-hmm. Uh, they interviewed or requested an interview for Shane Waldron. And fans have gotten excited about this, Alyssa, because, you know, he made it work in Seattle with Geno Smith, and he's not the same player as Justin by any means, but, you know, kind of a mobile, move-the-pocket kind of guy, kind of helped resurrect Geno's career a little bit, you know, in Seattle, and, you know, Seattle remained a competitive team uh, when they traded Russell Wilson, and I think you got to give Waldron some credit for that. Uh, Them interviewing Waldron, is that a sign that they could be looking to pair him with Fields, or... Are you not buying that thing? It, it's it could be Waldron could work with any of these quarterbacks. It could be Fields. It could be Williams. It could be Jaden Daniels. Whoever they're targeting. Yeah. Um. If you look at go to BearsWire.com, my assistant editor, uh, Brendan Shagru, he did a really good article where he was talking about uh, Shane Waldron's uh, versatility working with different quarterbacks and how that can make him a really perfect uh, candidate for offensive coordinator for Chicago. So. And one of the things that Ryan Poles was asked uh, yesterday during, because we're filming this on Thursday, what Ryan Poles was asked during his end of year press conference uh, was about, okay, the uncertainty at quarterback, does that impact, you know, who you're interviewing at offensive coordinator, because you don't know who the quarterback's going to be yet. And, you know, Poles is really talking about how that really provides an opportunity Uh, for this offensive coordinator, for these candidates, for these prospective candidates to come in and have different plans for four different quarterbacks. He let it slip. And it was really good on Courtney Cronin from ESPN because she circled back to that comment because he he said specifically four different quarterbacks. (laughs) So obviously it's Fields. And then I'm assuming Caleb Williams and Drake May and either maybe a Jaden Daniels or maybe it was Tyson Bajan, you know, just because he's the backup. But, you know, and then uh, Courtney, she she circled back to that and he was like, oh, did I say that? Oh, I didn't know. That was <laughs> a mistake. <laughs> Freudian I'm like, yeah, but slip. we know. So I thought that was really good on her, really good on her for doing that. And definitely. But I think it's a good idea too. you know, when you're bringing offensive coordinators in because adaptability was something that they pointed to. The lack of adaptability is what, you know, was one of the big reasons Lugetsi isn't here anymore. Right. Because. Again, just like with Matt Nagy, they were both very similar in that they really wanted to force the players to fit their system instead of build a system around their players, namely the quarterback. And that's a big reason why uh, everything went wrong there. But, you know, Ryan Poles did say, again, that that's, that provides a unique opportunity. So, okay, hey, these are four potential quarterbacks. Give me a plan for each of them, right? And I think that Shane Waldron would do very well in a situation like that and some other prospective candidates, whoever they may be. Yeah, that that is a great catch there. Uh, oh, four quarterbacks. Uh, can you can you tell us who those four huh. are, uh, Ryan? That you're that you're you're looking yes. to uh, use in that in that interview. That's uh, uh, that was a good catch. But uh, you know, I had one more question on the fields. You know, even kind of relates to Eberflus and Getzy. I was just wondering, do you think the loss in Green Bay in Week 18, Alyssa? You know, we haven't really. I think we've already blacked it out by now. So much has happened since then. But uh, the loss in Green Thanks Bay. Thanks for bringing it back up. I want to relive this. How much did that? <laughs> um, 
how much did or should that have swayed the team's evaluation of, you know, I, I think specifically this question is more for Fields right now because he's the one we're not sure about um, and we'll be speculating about. But do you think that swayed the team's evaluation or, or ultimate decision in Getze? Uh, should, should that have swayed their decision in Eberflus, who was, I think they were probably on the Eberflus stays in 2024 train going into week 18, right? We saw those reports come out, I think, before the Atlanta game where Eberflus was reportedly expected to return. So the Bears just kind of followed through with that, even after they lost to Green Bay and Eberflus and his regime and Fields all fell to 0-4 against that team, right? And they didn't look super competitive against Green Bay, which was disappointing to me. I know you were disappointed. We're all disappointed about that. I thought the Bears were going to give them a game. I was really excited for that one, Alyssa. And you just, the NFL's weird. You just know it sometimes as a fan of the NFL. Like, you just know in the first quarter if you you got it or you don't. And you just knew. Oh, yeah. They don't got it. They don't got it. Like, the, the, even though the score was kind of close, they never had it. Green Bay had them the whole time. You just knew that Green Bay was just the big brother again. It was so it frustrating. Like they yeah. lost by one score. It felt like three scores. Yeah, exactly. I agree 100%. So, should that loss have swayed them? Should it sway their opinion of fields? That's their lasting impression, right? It's not the the him going around high-fiving fans at the end of that game against Atlanta and Soldier Field where he dominated, right? A really good defense. The uh, the final impression that we, the final image of 2023 is fields walking off the field at Lambeau having not scored a touchdown, right? So it's fields, it's, you know, Getze had a, a rough game too, I think. Eberflus, should they have, you know, should they have looked at that harder, right? Again, you can't beat the Packers, which is something Paul said was a, and you know, something he wanted to do the, on the introductory press conference a couple of years ago, right? So, how much of has did that game week eighteen? How much of that a factor into these decisions, Alyssa? If it, if at all? Yeah, when you look at the big picture, I don't think one game was going is going to ultimately impact what they do. But the caveat to that is. This game in particular, anytime they're playing the Packers, means a heck of a lot to this organization. So if they go out there and they beat Green Bay and Fields balls out, I think obviously maybe that makes this decision a lot harder because, you know, finally it kind of feels like they're getting over that Packers hump, right? First when you got to get the first before you start to flip, you know, the script on this rivalry. And this is me coming from the Michigan Ohio State rivalry. You need one win first before you can really start to turn it around. So if they were able to get that, Maybe that does help the case for Fields. I still think Ryan Poles would still have gone through, obviously, this whole draft process that is upcoming and everything. But I think you're also looking at, I don't know, I don't know if Luke Getze would be safe, um, but there wouldn't be as much pressure maybe to fire him. Um, I think that Matt Eberflus coming back as head coach, I think that that's received uh, with less negativity than it has been by the general masses. Uh, So, I mean, maybe... I don't think like one game and I was like, I, you know, we did like this morning after reaction on bears wire after. And I was like, I don't know if one game necessarily, you know, would have changed everything because ever, you know, those three blown fourth quarter leads still happened. You know, that 14 consecutive game losing streak still happened. That 10, that 10 game home losing streak still happened, but they also did turn things around, albeit against some bad teams during that final stretch. But I, I don't know, maybe, if you go out there and take care of business against the Packers, maybe that is enough to kind of be like, okay, let's roll the whole thing back. So I don't know. Maybe maybe this is what's ultimately going to be best for the organization because maybe Luke Getze would have stuck around because that Packers game, the Bears offense didn't score a single touchdown, like you said. That's embarrassing. 
Like, and it was more of the same for sleeper agent, Luke Getze, who did what he was supposed to do by the, from the Packers. He did his job. He drove that offense into the ground. He's going to get Justin Fields um, out of Chicago. I don't know, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if one game necessarily, but if there was one game that would have changed things, I think it's this one, the Packers game. Yeah, I hear that. I mean, the Packers defense was struggling coming into that game. We talked about it. And Fields was pressured on 62.5% of his dropbacks. They couldn't block Green Bay. He was sacked five times. He was sacked three times on third down. It, it was like pre-thumb injury Bears offense, right? Yeah. With Fields. Uh, it just took us back to the beginning of the year. It did. It's amazing how the Bears could be playing so much better, but it felt like week one again all over, even though the score you know, was – Go ahead. Guess how many points the Panthers put up on the Packers a couple weeks before that? Oh, my gosh. I should I should know this. Oh, it was like 30, right? It was like 33 30. to 30. They yeah. put the 2 and 13 Carolina <laughs> oh Panthers, God. the 2 and 13 Carolina Panthers that are responsible for the Chicago Bears getting the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. <laughs> a great point. Put 30 points on this defense, and your offense can't put up a single touchdown. Cairo Santos remains the offense's MVP. I don't know. It just... It's things like that. So I don't know. Now I feel like I'm talking myself back game back to your question. Maybe this game did have more, you know, like maybe if they, they do win this game, maybe like I said before, maybe they're rolling the whole running the whole thing back. I mean, I, I just asked the question because it was so they were so like they were manhandled in the game. Uh, they yeah. couldn't score on. They couldn't couldn't score a touchdown on offense. Uh, and Eberflus's defense. This is another reason why I think and you know me coming out of that Browns loss was, you know, we had been talking about, is Eberflus going to save his job? Like, we were so adamant and, and so certain that the odds were in him getting fired, right? We just saw that coming. And then after that Bears loss, we were like, okay, um, never mind. It was kind of cute to talk about he might save his job, but now it he's now lost three times with a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter his team has. And he just doesn't, you know, he just doesn't have it, uh, you know, so it, there's no way you can come back from this. Now you look at this game against the Packers where his defense, which was red hot, they get outgained in this game 432 to 192. They gave up 432 yards of offense. They got shredded by Jordan Love. And they couldn't get any pressure on him, Melissa, right? That was the big thing that the Bears have been doing. Uh, and we were screaming for it midseason. It finally happened. They were getting pressure on the quarterback, right? Love was pressured on a career low 12% of his passes in that game. And he completed... 27 of 32 of his attempts, 80%, more than 80%, right? Uh, so that is like not a la- great lasting image against your arch rival, the Packers. You get worked by them, Matt Eberflus, your defense, which has been humming along, but again, like you said earlier in the show, not against the greatest competition in the league. You get a slight uptick in competition. Green Bay is not a juggernaut on offense. Jordan Love is not the best quarterback in the league. He's been very good this year, but he's not the best quarterback in the league by far. And you get worked, and you you're not really not even in there. It's not even really a game. You just get kind of get manhandled again. That was the lasting image. I thought maybe Alyssa, they let him go, and and I thought this week as we didn't hear anything, and you know, silent like you said, radio silence. I thought it was trending towards Eberflus. Okay, man, you closed the season with a thud. Now you're ten and twenty four overall as coach. You're zero and four against the Packers. We're seeing other coaches, Mike Vrabel. Uh, get fired like I thought it might sway them Alyssa but it didn't <laughs> it didn't so I don't know leave it to the Bears to kind of piss you off in a week that the Michigan Wolverines win the national championship you know what I mean like leave it to the Bears 
Hey, at least I have that because I'm like, I don't want to like I'm none of my I'm like none of my teams are gonna win a championship before I die. Um, outside the Red Wings, I've just been spoiled with them since I was a kid. But it was really nice to see Michigan win. Uh, and that came the day after that brutal loss to the Packers. But I went into that and I'm just like, oh my god, Michigan cannot lose. I can't do this back to back. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would have been a tough But weekend. you know, at least one of the organizations has run very well. Um so good on Michigan for that. But it, it was interesting too. Like when you're talking about that, it, cause like there was so much that happened yesterday, Ryan, with these press conferences um, between polls, Eberflus and Kevin Warren. And I believe polls was asked about that Packers game specifically. And he's like, you know, cause obviously when Ryan polls came in, he made that definitive statement that, you know, everyone else in the NFL is mocking now. We're going to take the North and never give it back. <laughs> right. Um, how's that going for you, Ryan? Not That's so good. Not so good. But he, he was asked about that, about why have, haven't you been able to beat the Packers? Because now in the poll, Zebra Flu's ten, you know, tenure, they're 0-4. And he's like, well, we're not, we weren't, we're not there yet. And I'm like, this is year two. But it was really interesting when Kevin Warren spoke after the two of them did about because they're all you know they had this shared vision about continuity and keeping things the same although they're rehaul overhauling most of the offensive staff tell me how that makes sense and probably moving on from quarterback but continuity um but kevin <laughs> warren specifically was talking about his time you know with the rams and dick vermeil who, who was his mentor and how it was year three when things started to click so i think that this season 2024 is going to be pivotal i think that because I I don't know how, you know, if Kevin Warren's calling the shots ultimately, but Kevin Warren is Ryan Poles' boss. So maybe it's like, okay, if you want to, because again, uh, Poles put his, you know, he put his full support behind Eberflus. This was his decision. So technically he, you know, hired Matt Eberflus, right? Um, so year three, if they don't take another step forward, if they're not, in, you know, in the postseason, and, you know, some of the same things that have been happening this year happen again next year. I think that that could be Kevin Warren being like, okay, peace. But then you're stuck probably with a rookie quarterback and a new regime. So yeah, that's not it's just, it's the same old, same old. Yeah. That's not where you, like, that would be a disaster, right? If they move on from yeah. polls next off season, Don't Alyssa, want that to happen. you just made all these decisions that could shape your franchise for the next five yeah. plus years. Right. So that would be a disaster. So we just gotta we gotta have blind faith. That's gonna be different. But I agree with you. You telling me to have faith in the yeah. Bears, right? You know faith. better than that. We gotta have faith in polls <laughs> that he knows what he's doing. But he, tethering himself to Matt Eberflus, whew, that is a decision. <laughs> that is quite a way to kick mm -hmm. off twenty twenty four. I will say it there. Uh, so that's pretty much. Uh, those are pretty much the big bullet points we wanted to hit for this show, Alyssa. Is there anything else you want to hit before we sign off? Uh, you had a, a interesting post on Bears Wire about all the pending free agents the Bears have. They have a lot of them, 19 to be exact. Jalen Johnson, obviously, on his own planet. When you look at that list, oh, it's God, like, yes. oh, it's, who's more important, Jalen Johnson or Robert Tungian? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, there's just, he's just on his own planet. We said it earlier. Paul said, you know, look, he, he said, quote, I feel really good about that situation. Talk about Jalen's contract and said, he's not going anywhere. So obviously, he's on a tier by himself. He should be a, priority number one so maybe we could wrap up with him or, or anything else on your on your mind before we wrap up this week <laughs> anything else on my mind what else do you want to rant about yeah go ahead my goodness Have the i mean floor. we could talk we could do a three-hour show ryan you know that um, totally could but no like like you said i want to give jalen johnson a shout out because 
my God, was he missed on Sunday against the Packers. Like, I, I was interested. I'm like, okay, because Tyreek Stevenson has been balling out, and he's gotten, since week 15, he's just been, I mean, just on another planet. He won NSC Defensive Player of the Week. He, You know, he had a big game. Uh, he had some plays against the Packers because, you know, no one was perfect in that game. Uh, so I think the future is bright with Stevenson. I was like, okay, let's see Terrell Smith, the fifth rounder, the fifth round rookie. See what see what he's got. Um, no, you need Jalen Johnson out there. It was obvious. He was getting picked on Terrell Smith. Uh, I think you look at Jalen Johnson, who wasn't uh, named to the All-Pro first team, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, really happy he got his first Pro Bowl nod, though, because he really earns it, him and Montez Sweat. So the Bears um, are not one of the five or four teams or whatnot that don't have any players to the pro bowl. And that includes the Packers. Uh, <laughs> so no, I just, it, it was really nice because when like yesterday, it kind of felt when you listen to the press conference and I saw a lot of people saying the same thing, especially like the opening statements, it felt like this press conference was happening after a winning season, you know, where they had accomplished something and it felt very weird. So, and then there's just been, I'm frustrated with the organization, obviously, for what's happening. I don't know. Maybe they'll make me eat my words. I really hope so. That's all I ever asked for the Bears to do is prove me wrong. And they continue continue to prove me right in the worst ways possible. <laughs> so it, it's really nice to hear that Jalen Johnson will be here next year because that was some good news uh, to come out of yesterday. You know, whether that is them using the franchise tag because that's, I mean, he's not going anywhere. <laughs> they got the franchise tag for sure. But I'm hoping that because it, it Ryan Pohl sounded different yesterday when he was talking about Jalen Johnson than I've heard him in the past before when he was speaking about him with more conviction about how he is staying here and he knows yeah like I feel like Ryan Poles knows what he's gotten him and we've seen him sign some players uh that he didn't draft right to extensions or that he didn't sign in free agency you know Cole Komet being one of them Cairo Santos so I think that Jalen Johnson has more than proved that he has earned a contract extension. And I really hope that Ryan Poles is not just saying, okay, we're going to keep him here with the franchise tag. Pay the man. Like the fans, the Bears fans outside of House Hall with their signs. It was Justin Fields and Jalen Johnson that they were supporting. So pay Jalen Johnson. He's more than earned it. I want to keep him here for a long time. Yeah, I think that's coming. He's going to get his money. He's they're going to show him the money. I think Alyssa, there, that's coming for Jalen. So yeah, that's He's only twenty four years old. Oh, come on, let's go. Um, one of the best corners in the league. I think they're going to get it done. I think Poles. Uh, he pretty much put himself in a box. You know, he can't he can't really back yeah. out of. He was strong comments there saying that they're going to get that done. He's not going anywhere. Uh, so sounds like Jalen wants to be with the Bears. I'm glad that's resolved itself. Um, it was in a kind of a sketchy situation. Uh, a couple months ago, so uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm glad that we're we are where we are with the Bears. A lot but can change. yep, a lot could change, and there'll be so much more to cover. I probably should have said this uh, at the jump, but uh, just to the listeners, we appreciate you for listening, especially those who tuned in all season and those who yes, have been with you. us, yeah, since the beginning. And we've been doing this since 2020, so uh, four wow. years, Alyssa, four years, four years, four losing seasons, <laughs> yes, yeah, or no winning seasons because technically, wait. Did they finish 500? No, that one's almost in 2020. Wait, no, no, I don't. I don't know, so. but there's been no winning seasons no. since we've done this, and we would like to finally get to cover one. So Ryan Poles, I hope you know what you're doing. No winning seasons, <laughs> no no playoffs, you know, no playoffs to talk about, you know, like none of that. Well, we did have. Remember, we had the short-lived one against the Saints. Oh, we did have a playoff game. Yeah, we had a playoff yeah. game. Yes, yeah. 
Yeah, and the Saints beat the Bears. Totally. And the, didn't the Bears <sighs> drop like a touchdown pass in that one? Yep, that right was Javon hands. Wims. Yep, right in his hands. Uh, so, yeah, we we did have a playoff game. You're right. <laughs> it was a while ago. So that just shows how long we've been doing this. I can't even remember back to the, the beginning. Uh, that was when Nick Foles it. was the centerpiece of Foles, baby. some of our episodes, which were so much fun. I miss Nick. <laughs> I do miss Nick. Uh, Nick Foles is great to talk about. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so we really appreciate all the listeners. And, um, you know, if you haven't already or, you know, you're somebody new to the show, Make sure you subscribe because not only not, not only does that support us, but it also ensures you don't miss any of our stuff this offseason. And we'll be back throughout the offseason uh, to talk more about what the Bears are getting themselves into. Uh, free agency, the draft. The draft will be huge this year. It's going to be so interesting. You know, Fields, we haven't even talked about his fifth-year option yet, which they don't even have to address until after the draft. So, uh, you know, there's that. There's all kinds of stuff coming up that we could talk about, and we will throughout the offseason might not be weekly you know it's a little bit of a different schedule so if you subscribe you're not going to miss any of that content it's going to pop right up there on your phone or your p- favorite platform um and that's uh that's again how you can support us and how you can stay with the conversation so with that for Alyssa barbieri i'm ryan o'leary thanks as always and thanks for sticking with us throughout the season we're excited to get on with 2024 and we will talk to you soon and for the last time this regular season bear down Thank you.